It is Yuletide. I can hardly believe it. We got through the Steel 10 episodes and here we are. And after the flurry of episodes, you'd think that we needed a long break. And we do. But yet here we are with the Yuletide. So this is episode 43, the Yuletide 2014. I'd like to welcome my partner, Tom, running on fumes, Kerchival. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing fine. I can't believe we're doing another episode, <laughs> but I'm doing fine. <laughs> It has been a bit insane this month, hasn't it? Yeah, completely insane. We, we we're a really manic, depressive show, apparently, and we went through our mani- manic, our manic phase. It seems like just yesterday we were apologizing for all the breaks in between episodes, and now we're apologizing for releasing so many. <laughs> Expect the unexpected from us. I guess that's the message. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess the Yuletide isn't so unexpected in that we, we do try to keep this tradition. And I guess that's the reason we force ourselves to do it. But uh, we do it happily. Yeah, we, we just – it's like I said on the on the board on our page on Facebook. We I think we bit off more than we thought we would be chewing <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah. With the Steel Ten episodes, but uh, we we probably would have spaced them out more. But when we realized Christmas was coming and we wanted to do the Yuletide show, our choice was either to have the Yuletide show kind of come in between the Steel Ten episodes, yeah. which, which I personally didn't really like. No, that that totally upsets everything. Yeah, because my that, sense of order will be severely challenged by that kind of talk. Yeah, I know that would really be a problem for you, especially. Oh my god, there's a problem for me. I can only, only imagine how much of a problem it would be for you. You got but, it. So, um, yeah, because you know those episode number uh, numbers stand from as soon as they're done, they're there for as long as the site is up. So I didn't like the idea of a uh, Steel Town Part Three, and then suddenly the Yule Tide, and then back to Steel Town. So, <laughs> we're so going we, from I, I dreamed that you were dead. To Yuletide and back into push the backs against the wall and too much fear. <laughs> Scarred by many knives, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we got them done and now we're here on Yuletide, so. All right, and we'll, we'll get into some Yuletide talk. So uh, we, we, we will obviously summarize the year, but uh, first of all, talking about Yuletide, Christmas and big country. In the past, we tried to cram as much Christmas into these as we could. And the first one, we, I threw some big country songs at you. You tried to rank them according to Christmasness. And we, uh, we tried Christmas games with the guys last year. And I think there's really not a whole lot left to, to gain as far as fishing the Christmas pond for more big country related stuff. Uh, we talked about the Christmas moment, which is the Band-Aid 12-inch single, I guess, and Big country Christmas gifts. I think we kind of done it. So what yeah. we found is that big country doesn't have too much of association with Christmas. They are much more associated with New Year's Eve. So you, New Year's Eve is part of Yuletide as well. It's part of the Yuletide period. So we're going to look a bit more at New Year's this year. And uh, that gets a bit more interesting right away because there is a long tradition of the band doing New Year's shows, they mention the New Year more in their songs than they do Christmas. So given that New Year's is also part of Yuletide, we're going to shift this year and focus on that. And what better way to start by imitating what we did a couple of years ago with me throwing out some song titles at you. And let's see how New Year's you feel <laughs> these are. How the feel of festivities of ending something and starting something new. All right. Maybe we, maybe we have 
a better fit there. And um, and I should explain to everyone out there too before we continue is that yeah. I have, I have very little idea of what's going on in this show. This is a show that Svein has planned completely. And yeah. I, I have no clue. So uh, this is all new to me, just as it is for those of you who are listening. <laughs> I wish we could do more shows like that. <laughs> there's, there's a very satisfying aspect to this, but uh, <laughs> here we go. Okay, New Year's it is. I'm going to throw names at you, and the first one, Remembrance Day. I'm just supposed to tell you how New Year's Eve it is? Uh, yeah, and rank, uh, didn't we do 1 to 10 last time, with 10 being super New Year? This is perfect for the evening, perfect for a New Year's party, and 1 is not at all. Okay, all right. Remembrance Day, I would say um, that's pretty good, actually. I would I'd give that an 8. Mm-hmm. Very festive feeling. How about Rain Dance? Rain Dance, where will we find the newborn year? Um don't see much New Year's in that except for that line, so I would say I'd give that maybe like a five. Generous right. five. Okay. Not hopeless, but not really there. Yeah. How about Wonderland? That's an interesting choice. Um, I never thought of that as a New Year's type of song, but I guess you could look at it that way. Very optimistic for the New Year, maybe. Um, but still... I. I, I'm going to give that one a five, too, I think. Okay. How about Comes a Time? Wow, these are some interesting choices. Uh, there Comes a Time. Three. Three. Not much <laughs> there, huh? That's minimal. <laughs> That's minimal New Year. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't sit comfortably at the, the Courage of a New Year's party at all. No. How about this one? And this is one I used in the Christmas poll as well. So maybe it fits the season more than a specific day. But how about ring out bells? That's definitely getting a little bit better. Um, I remember this from the Christmas discussion. I'd give that a seven. All right. Pretty good. I, I wish we had it in better sound quality. I know. Yeah. It'd be a nice song to redo if they ever wanted to be nostalgic and go back and redo some of those really old tunes that didn't make the albums. Yeah, yeah, really. That'd be a cool one to do. I can hear Simon doing that really well, too. Yeah, definitely. So how about this one? Hail and Farewell. Oh, that's very, very New Year's. Um, It's got the whole New Year's feel to it. And I think he even does the countdown. At least Mike used to do that live. Mm -hmm. So that would have to be a big 10, I think. That's a New Year's song. I think it was even written with New Year's in mind. Yeah, it's definitely the end of the old and start of the new. Yeah, and uh, I, I would agree. If, if they wrote one song about it, that's the one. So, I agree with that one. How about the longest day? The longest day. Uh, two. <laughs> I see nothing New Year's about that song. I might throw you a curveball here and there. This is the last one. And it's kind of cheating because it's not a big country song, but uh, they have put it on an album. There are some associations. Old Lang Syne. <laughs> uh, ten. <laughs> Would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that is so the New Year's song. Big mix uh, here. So obviously, Halen Favela, Old Lang Syne are the, the shoe-ins, with Remembrance Day following not too far behind. And Ring Out Bells, if they maybe freshened it up a bit, would sit comfortably among them. Yeah. So, okay. Any obvious omissions? 
I don't think so. I think the you got them. You got the main ones with the two tens there. Remembrance Day, I wouldn't have thought of, but that works. Um, I think I think that's good. For some reason, a thousand stars always kind of uh, reminds mm. me of New Year's as well. I don't know why, but maybe um, maybe because uh, of those Edinburgh uh, Bearland or those Bearland shows. Maybe even though they opened it opened the show with a thousand stars, I think they might have. Going mm-hmm. into a thousand stars after um, "Come Back to Me" on the Steel Town tour, and "Come Come Back right. to Me" by the way is one that I might throw up there for a uh, really, think, yeah. I think that's got that kind of nostalgic, um, looking back type of feel that's similar to me to like old Ang old Lang Syne or even Hail and Farewell. But wow. there's, there's not much looking forward in "Come Back to Me," but no, but it's it's how a song hits you, you know. Talking of songs I never would have expected, that is definitely one of them. But for the record, how would you have ranked a thousand stars? A thousand stars, maybe, uh, maybe five. Okay, I think I'd give "Come Back to Me" a six. Okay, very interesting. Uh, I wouldn't have seen that at all. But there you go. Of course, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I'm in my limited mind. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's interesting with uh, looking at big country and New Year's. I'm, I'm going to throw you into it like, like I will when obviously you don't know what we're going to talk about. But how many New Year's performances would you guess that Big Country have done over the years on the actual New Year's Eve? Ten? Mm, You're very, very close. That's a good guess. It's nine. Ah, oh, wow. Good. Yeah, that is very good. So uh, what I thought is we'll... We'll look through the years and we'll look at these and uh, and just explore this tradition because, like we said, Christmas, not so much. But uh, Big Country does have a tradition for playing on New Year's Eve. And I think the most famous or most well-known so- show of them all is the first one from 1983 in Glasgow, Barrowlands. Uh, and it's well documented. It was broadcast as the King Biscuit Flower Hour on radio, released as a CD in that same series released on DVD as Big Country Live and later The Homecoming on both CD and DVD. So this is out there and people know it. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, as far as me, I think the moment of New Year approaching is especially touching. When the uh, the band is playing The Storm, then they stop at the crucial moment right as the the bell starts chiming and they go into that well-known sequence with the Don Donald and Dysert Pipe Band. Yeah, that's awesome. I think my only problem is they stop what is one of my very favorite big country songs, The Storm, and they never pick it up where they left <laughs> off. And they, they even played the last 10 seconds of Inwards in New York when they had to stop the song at that infamous fight that broke out. <laughs> right. so, but, 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 but here they didn't pick up The Storm. They, they left it at the halfway point. They launched actually into Poro Man after the pipe band sequence. That's, and then, right, oh, that's right. Oh, overall, it's a fantastic show. And I have to say the feel of New Year is there. It, it really, it really is. Yeah, it is, and and they redid it again. It's funny because a lot of people don't realize that they did the same thing the next year uh, on the Steel Town tour. They played. Uh, I don't know if it was the Barrowlands, but um, might have been the Edinburgh Playhouse that year. They they played yep. New Year's Eve, which I guess you're about to talk about. But um, yeah. yeah, so that that certainly set the tradition, and I think a lot of people were so enthralled by that first video that Big Country just uh, became a New Year's band. You just thought about them playing at New Year's, ringing in the new year. You saw how well it worked. And uh, I guess it had a, a feeling of homecoming, which is why it, it, the show got the name later. 
that uh, they came home, they played for the Scottish fans, and it's New Year's and it's festivities, and they fit straight into that. And uh, as as we talked about, as far as song topics go and the festivities of, of New Year, you wouldn't have thought necessarily that it's a perfect match. And little known, but it is. Yeah, and, li- and little known fact, I believe I'm right about this, Steve Lillywhite proposed to Kirsty McCall on that first New Year's Big Country show. During that show, yeah. he was there. He proposed to Kirsty McCall. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a nice fact. Wonderful. And obviously, they played two shows on, uh, on that first New Year's Eve in Glasgow, Barrowlands, 83. Uh, I don't know which one is the released one, I'm sure. If you go to John's site, you, you will know. So just go to jfng.com and you'll find it. Yep. Uh, and like you said, they, they repeated this next year at the Edinburgh Playhouse in 84. And this show was also televised, like last year. I should say it was partly televised at the Old Grey Whistle Test. And that show is available on the BBC box set. On the yeah, DVD. love it. One of my favorite parts of that box set. Yeah, that, it is my favorite part of it. Yep, definitely, and that was that was great to get. So they play. Um, you you get just a shadow, the storm, chance for the rosy zone, come back to me, thousand stars, harvest home, and uh, a short interview. So that was the broadcast on that evening, and you got to wonder what exists in the vault in terms of the complete show that they made these selections from. But we we had that discussion already as part of the BBC. Yeah, but uh, I, I like the tradition so far, playing at New Year's and the show being recorded. It wouldn't always be recorded after this point. <laughs> so, no. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we got at least some of the 84 because that, that was the, um, the mythology of the Steel Town Tour. We got, we got some great footage right there. Yeah, no doubt. So um, that was two. that's two for two. In, uh, in 85, there was no show. The band was actually recording this year at the time. And in 1986, they were off. Uh, they had been touring this year since March. And all the way up to early December. So that was a massive, massive tour for this year, which is a stark contrast to the two or so months that they toured Steeltown. Let's go over that again. The year, nine months. Steeltown, two months. That's, that's just interesting. Yeah, that, just pointing out a very interesting difference. And that's, that's for a future topic, I think, to go into the touring history of the band. Right. But, uh, but coming to December, they, they, um, the tour finished early and they, they took a break. So uh, that was that. And... 87, they were also off. And again, they've they've been touring intensively all of December, but they stopped on the 20th and took Christmas and New Year's off. And when you look at the chronology chronology of the band, they obviously went to LA to start recordings for Peace in Our Time in January. So they did have a lot to prepare for and organize, plus get some family time in before leaving. So I totally understand that one. And uh, this is a long gap for most of the 80s, they didn't do it in '88. They didn't do it either. Uh, where th- there were no live gigs, uh, no live gigs happening in uh, around Christmas time. I think November and December were filled with various constellations of band members going on promotional tours for Peace in Our Time. So they were in Norway. They were all over UK. I know Tony and Bruce went someplace. Stuart here, Mark there. So uh, that was going on there. But in 1989, we have the third New Year's show, a big country. And this is, again, like in 84, at the Playhouse in Edinburgh. So that's the third one. That was not televised. Nice. It, it, uh, it was bootlegged. There, there, there exists audience recordings of it, but obviously you, 
What year was he that was, again? What year was that again? I missed that. 89. One. 89, okay. That was an interesting yeah. year coming off the Peace in Our Time tour leading into what would be the next phase of the band. So that really, yeah, that really was a, a good, uh, all kinds of New Year's type stuff happening because Mark was about to leave and mm-hmm. they were going to really change quite a bit in the next year. They did. They, to, they definitely did. I have to find that bootleg. I don't know if I've ever heard that. If I have, I don't remember. We'll talk okay. about that after the show. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> so, uh, like we uh, like we said, 1990 rolls around and New Year's Eve, and there has been changes to the band. Obviously, now Pat Ahern is with the band. And at that time, in December 90, they are demoing No Place Like Home. So there's no live uh, activities happening. But there, there was still some turmoil behind the scenes because Pat left the band early in 1991. Mm. And Mark came on board as a session player, which is a whole kind of interesting chapter that we talked about before so nothing in 90 and nothing in 91 either they toured solid from september to december ended in mid-december but had the holiday season off and in 92 there was nothing happening either and they were obviously doing uh, the buffalo skinners at that time they recorded it uh, around september to october and spent december mixing it in abbey road studios so there were no shows happening at that point right but in 1993, we have one, obviously, and that is a very, very well-known one in the capital in Aberdeen. This is one of three shows recorded for without the aid of a safety net. So oh, that yeah, one that's is chronicled. Right. Yep, that's for- the New Year's. I forgot about that. And I don't think of New Year's when I put on, put on that album. I actually researched that ahead of this Yuletide, and I thought, really? Because I, I probably knew at some point, but for some reason that show didn't doesn't strike me as New Year the same as the two early '80s one does. No, it doesn't. Well, I don't. They don't have any sort of New Year's nod in that show either. No. So that's why probably it doesn't hit that uh, note. But uh, yeah, you're you're right about that. I'd forgotten about that. That's that's interesting. It is a forgotten fact, but uh, that's the fourth one. So we have '83, '84, '89, and now '93. And with this, 93, they, they started doing it a bit again because you, the next one happened in 94. But that's not a full show, so it's kind of cheating a bit. But I counted amongst the nine. What they did in 94 was a TV appearance. The Hogmanay thing, right? Or is that no, different? That is uh, in 95. Okay. In, in 94, they played on uh, the Richard Dignan show on LWTV. I don't know where that is, what that channel is, but uh, they appeared and played an acoustic version of Harvest Home. Ah. And if you've seen that footage, I don't, I don't know if you have, but that's that's a very unique looking setting. And we talked about the Russian embassy gig and how different that was for big country. And this is different for not the same reasons, but in the same kind of manner that they play this ballroom. It is a New Year setting. You have people sitting with tables eating food, and uh, a stage at the end. So it's kind of like a high-class, typical New Year's glitz entertainment thing. But they get up on that stage, and they start playing that acoustic version of Harvest Home. <laughs> and uh, Bruce is sporting a beard. And Mark and Tony both have that little Steven bandana thing going, which is <laughs> a bit funny. <laughs> and uh, but, but they're going for it. And it's a great version of Harvest Home. And we talked about how, in the mid-90s, the band had this really gorgeous three uh, harmony vocal thing going yeah and they have that for this version of the song so it's really really gorgeous nice and um and at this point this is uh, a little gift to all the listeners and perhaps to you tom because i don't know if you have this or 
you certainly didn't know it. But I think I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Yeah, I have the audio for this thing. Oh, good. So you'll get to hear Big Country play the acoustic version of Harmist Home on the Richard Dingen Show, New Year's Eve, 1994. Let's play it now. I'm very proud to welcome Big Country. Uh, big country celebrating New Year's as only they can on a TV show that perhaps doesn't have the feel of New Year's that the other shows they don't have. But it's a it's a great version of the song, and uh, there you have it. And I should thank uh, John F and G for that one. Obviously, that recording comes from him. Thank you, John. <laughs> thank you, John, for many things. For many things. Without John, the show would be a lot poorer than it is. So yeah, we, like it would it would be appreciate him. Yeah, it would like not even be happening. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we send our thoughts to to John this this Yuletide season. Yes, we do. Uh, all right, that was 1994. <laughs> so we'll move on to 1995. Third year in a row, something happening on New Year's, and this time it's a proper gig. But uh, it's not a big country exclusive gig. This is the Hogmanay party that you talked about. Live from Princess Street, Edinburgh. And uh, the viewers were basically treated to a live version of In a Big Country. I don't know if they played more locally. That wasn't broadcast, but that's that's what it's known as. They must have played more than that one song. But that's the song that's just live out there and that people might have recorded. And that's when they had the dueling guitars of uh, those two guitars. One one said big on it and one said country on it. So I remember (laughs) seeing that video footage and thinking, oh, that's pretty funny. Exactly. Perfect. Right, 95. That, that, marked, that was the last year for an odd few years. So as the 90s went on, Stuart moved to Nashville. The band had some quiet years, actually. So 96, 97, 98, not so much going on. But they did play one in 99, which again was uh, at Union Street in Aberdeen. At that point, the band had been touring Driving to Damascus all over the UK in December, and they ended that tour on a high note on New Year's Eve. So that was the last uh, New Year's thing they ever did with Stuart. After that New Year's, they had a break for a few months, then they started the final fling tour in Europe in April 2000, before ending it at the Barrowlands, of course, at the end of May, which apart from a show in Malaysia in October was the end of that version of Big Country's live era. So... uh, then obviously there's a huge freaking break. And the interesting thing is not just that the band came back, but that the first show the band did with Bruce, Tony, Mark, Jamie, and Mike Peters was on New Year's Eve 2010. Wow. That was the start of the Back in a Big Country tour, and they started it in Glasgow at the O2 Arena there. So definitely that goes straight into the New Year's tradition of Big Country. And what a way to come back. Yeah, really. That's an incredible way to come back. I didn't even realize that that was their first proper show mm-hmm. uh, in that lineup. So that's, It was. Yeah, that's great. It was great. And um, it's a tradition that they kept as much as they possibly could. So they didn't. it didn't happen in 2011. I don't know if the band was really full-time at that point. But they certainly played again New Year's Eve 2012. That was at the Northern Meeting Park Arena in uh, Iverness. And interestingly enough, that was the third gig with Derek. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, the first having been the acoustic hard rock cafe one, which we uh, we actually had audio from on uh, our previous episode. Yeah. And the first electric one with Derek was the night before on the 30th at the Glen Pavilion in Dunfermline. So, yeah, they, they got one in at, uh, at New Year's Eve too. So that's uh, – they've been keeping at it. It's not an old tradition. They actually kept it going. And again – in 2013, in Glasgow at the Ewan Moore, which was the third gig with Simon. I see a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon had only performed with the band at Clitheroe on December 11th and Aberdeen again on the 27th. So, nice. It's, uh, we're getting the, the New Year's thing all, all across the place. That brings us to, to 2014. This year, there is no New Year's gig announced. The, the band has just wrapped up the Steeltown tour a couple of weeks ago, or one week ago, actually, as we record this. Uh, there is a gig in Dunfermline on the 30th at PJ Molo's, and that is the gig they will do without Mark as a special acoustic performance, as a four-piece. And I guess that is also the reason why they're not doing a 
New Year's gig, the Marcus in America. Uh, so uh, I don't know if acoustic work as a big New Year's extravaganza, you want the full on electric uh, experience really. But uh, from the looks of it, and based on the activity of the past years, I, I would say there's high hope that we'll get more New Year's shows from the band. Yeah, I would think so. I think they're aware, too, that that's part of their tradition, and it's a big uh, big thing that people look forward to. I I wish I could uh, attend one of those shows. That would be, a, yeah. that would be a, a, a bucket list thing. That would be a dream come true for me to, to get over there and attend one of those New Year's shows. So if they, if they do one in 2015, 16, maybe I'll see if I can do that. We'll see. It's worth thinking about. Definitely. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Uh, if, if, if it's at all possible to get to a New Year's Eve show, then I, I would prioritize that one. Yeah. But that's good. That's, right. that's a good rundown. That's, they've done a lot of New Year's shows, definitely. Yeah, nine so far. And if you, um, if you kind of cheat a bit, you could say 10 by saying they played the 30th this year, and that's close enough. But yeah, we, we do it properly this, this time. So nine isn't bad for a band that hasn't really been active all these uh, 30 years. Yeah. So um, not, not bad. And that takes us to the next portion of the show. Um, we allow ourselves to be a little bit more navel gazing than normal in these yuletides. It's the end of the year <laughs> and uh, we look back at the year and at what we've done this year. And I, uh, as the guys on the Facebook page will know, I asked for input. If you remember the first yuletide, Tom and I did our own ranking. We, we decided which shows we liked and we decided what moments were the best. And I figured we, we could do the same this year, but for one, as we alluded to in the beginning, we, we really haven't had time. We've been focusing on Steeltown. Plus, it always is more interesting to hear what the listeners think and get that input. Yes. So I asked for input, and I, I, wouldn't, I, can't, I can't believe how many responses I got. And that is not a complaint. It's an overwhelming uh, gratitude because we have a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback and i spent these past couple of days summarizing it and that's been very interesting and we'll get the distilled rundown now uh, but before we get to it just covering the topics and not the episodes but the topics what we did in 2014 was starting with a bruce watson rapid fire listener q a then we did a mark berzecki interview we did top 10 big country videos we did a special PSA episode about the Robin Miller and the Sear petition, which I kept outside of the ranking and, and things as a special thing. But it's, it's something we did all the same. We discussed the new deluxe editions of the Sear piece in our time, No Place Like Home. We had our first ever roundtable discussing Steeltown. We had a Steeltown listener episode with speak pipes and discussion. And at the end, we had the massive Steel Town deep dive. <laughs> and what, what strikes me is that the Yule tides are always going to be shortchanged because they, they will never be part of, of any rankings. And maybe that's for the better because this is a, a lighter show and less, not, not less research, less research on one of our parts. But uh, by next year, this is all, already old history. But be that as it may, these are the topics we discussed this year. So uh, first of all, downloads how are we doing how would you not having looked at this guess how many downloads we have i'm gonna say close to seven i seven think what seven seven downloads right <laughs> that's that's not yeah, that, that was my goal if we could if we could get 10 downloads of the show for the year it would be a successful year 
That's what she, that's what she thought when you put out the episode one, right? <laughs> Probably is actually. <laughs> <laughs> the total downloads we have as of uh, now is one hundred sixty-five thousand. Wow! So that's that's ever since we started. That's ever since we started. So um, if you break it down a bit and look per episode, and this doesn't really include the numbers from the last week, so 41 and 42 on iTunes are not included. So if you look at 40 episodes and that amount, which is probably correct, we have more than 4,000 downloads per episode. Wow, that's fantastic. And that is fantastic. You can so see that I, everybody. You can see that I'm always looking at these numbers by my surprise reaction. Actually, I do check the numbers as soon as an episode comes out, like a a week or so after it comes out, especially I'd look and mm-hmm. see how it's doing. But uh, yeah, yeah, that that's amazing. That's amazing. That's great. Fantastic. That is fantastic. It, the show is growing, and uh, to be honest, we obviously we announce every new episode, and we do it on on multiple groups. Or I should say, you do it because you are better inclined to do it than me. But uh, we don't really push the group. We don't push it that much. We more like say, here's a new episode. Yeah. And it, it is growing very slowly. And I think listener promotion, people talk to each other about it and spread the word. I think that is the main reason. And it goes in splurts. I mean, this week we had like 20 new people coming to the Facebook group. And uh, we've done nothing special over, over the years. It's like months with almost one or two per month. And then we have a month with 20, 30. Have we, hit that, a, uh, have we hit a thousand members yet? We're close. We're missing ten, I think. Okay. So that will be another milestone if we can get a thousand members. Yeah, we want to and get a thousand members. So if if you haven't joined up on our Facebook page yet, please do. Yes. What does yeah. that mean to have a thousand members? Really, nothing. But it it it's nice to see. It's a nice round number. I can say we have listeners in the four digits. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can say that because we have more than four thousand downloads, but. Uh, you never know how many duplicates there are, etc. And I, I don't believe all of these are unique downloads. And so, oh, of course not. The, the actual number will be lower, but it is a statistic. And every other podcast out there uses the same statistic and has the same conditions as us. So it's, yeah. it's a fair comparison, I think. Yeah, I think so. And you know how, how I view all this. It's, it's just like um, we're, we're just putting this show out there. And you're right. We don't push the show too much. I, I think that's silly to uh, to try to look at a podcast as as some kind of show that you want to push out there and get more listeners. I mean, obviously we want more listeners. It makes us feel good and it's something fun that we do, but I've never looked at this show as, as any, anything more than just us talking about the band and, and the people that are going to listen are going to listen. So yeah, it, it's, I've seen other podcasts or that, that look at their shows as if they're some kind of groundbreaking, <laughs> you know, show that they've created and done. I mean, essentially, we're talking about the accomplishments of other people on this show and what they've meant to us. So, yeah, it's not like um, this is something that we're trying to uh, turn into some gigantic thing. But obviously, as we've said on past shows, uh, the the feedback, getting feedback from people, really means so much. So that this great news that we've gotten so many downloads and gotten a lot of feedback for this episode and. Because, like, like I said, uh, it, it does. It's time consuming. This, the, the last few episodes, especially all these Steel Town episodes. I, I've got to admit, I was doing some a lot of them, just like almost resenting doing them. <laughs> but I knew that we had to get them out there. But um, yeah, so to to get people commenting on what it means to them, I mean, that just makes makes it so worthwhile. So uh, I'm very very happy with the state of the show. 
Yeah, and that's a good point too, that the popularity of a given podcast really re- reflects on the popularity of the band. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the podcast itself. So I think we're both aware of that and that Big Country is really the main attraction. But uh, obviously we, we like people to think we're, we're doing okay or that what we do is entertaining or can bring more people back to the fold, which is a comment that we see and one of the comments that means the most to me. Yeah. So, um, so take it for what it's worth. But uh, going back into the topics we had, I had people rank them, and we had lots of people ranking them one through five, with five being perfect, one of the best things we've ever done, all the way down to one, which I stated on the ranking table as you, me, and the truth, we should go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, so you have everything in between. So, And we had seven topics, the ones I read out, and from bottom to top, ranking seven is our discussion on the deluxe editions. Mm. Uh, it's still nearly ranked at four with 3.92 average. So it's not like it's doing super bad. It means that it's not perhaps the most interesting topic we chose or I don't know. It's, um, yeah. It ranked the way it ranked. But still, it's an episode that got fives. And as we'll see from some of the feedback later, some people were really grateful for some of the discussions on that one too. So uh, it's fine. I'll take that one. Good. And uh, number six is the Speakpipe episode. Listener's views on Steeltown. That got a square four average, which is pretty dang good for a second last rating. Yeah. So, so as you can see, we we do have some incredible averages for for the best ones. Uh, but the Listener Speakpipes also were, it, it's, it's fairly close to the deluxe editions. Really, there's a gap between that one and... Um, and, and the, the ones above it. It's so funny because I really loved that episode because probably because I didn't have to listen to myself <laughs> for a change. It was so nice to, for me to be able to listen to other people talking. It was almost like listening to a, another big country podcast as a listener. So one one of the comments we got from someone was that it was interesting, but not necessarily as insightful as us when we do the deep dives. But come on, guys, I don't think that's fair. If I got three minutes to speak my piece, <laughs> it, it would be less than, you know, having hours at my disposal at, at a deep dive. So you got to right. you got to look at it for what it is. And I'll be honest, that was that was an episode that we did want to do that way. But it was also kind of like an episode that we put together to sort of fill the time between episodes because it, I'm looking at it now and it, it was almost a full over a full month between our roundtable discussion and our beginning of the deep dive. So we wanted something to throw in there to kind of uh, bridge that that gap between episodes, and we thought that was a perfect thing to do since we uh, since we had so many speak pipe messages about Steel Town. We did have a lot of them, and um, I, I guess in hindsight, it was good we put them in one by themselves because the the deep dive was long enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how long it would have been. We would have had five parts, five parts of Steel Town deep dives if you include all the speak pipes. Yeah. I know you would have loved that one. <laughs> All right, so the speak pipes were number six. Number five, big country videos, mm. ranking just squarely above the speak pipes at a uh, 4.09. Uh, a lot of good feedback on that one, too. But it's really from the four one up, you start seeing big jumps in the rating. And number four was the roundtable discussion at 4.33. Which is a very high rating. Yeah. Uh, very high rating. And we got a lot of good feedback on the roundtable. And uh, I'll get yeah. into that too with the, in, the, in the feedback discussion later. Number three, and this might surprise you, 
the Bruce Watson Rapid Fire Q and A. It's our number three show. <laughs> oh, I would. Four, yeah. Four four point six five. Nice. I love Very that show. High. I love that. I show. love that show too. The fact that we just could ask anything, and another aspect of that show is that we didn't ask, I think, any questions. All of them came from listeners. Yeah, it, it was all listeners submitted, and Bruce was up for it, and we did it. And we, and we so, should and we should probably say too, just thank Bruce very much for his, yes. for his involvement, not just on that show, but his involvement in the podcast. I mean, he he seems to listen to every show, and. Um, Sometimes he'll send emails, it seems like, as he's listening, which I think is great. And um, we we appreciate it. And he sent us some cool stuff, like the Girl with Gray Eyes guide track that people really loved in the last episode and the East of Eden one, which um, we probably should play in its entirety on this episode at some point, maybe.
Yeah, so we, we really appreciate it. I mean, on one hand, sometimes it could be kind of strange when you're the guy doing the podcast to know that the person, one of the people you're doing the podcast about is listening to everything that you say. Um, but uh, it's it's also fantastic because it's uh, it's great to have that kind of band interaction, and we really, really appreciate Bruce's involvement and everybody's involvement, but Bruce in particular. So mm. thank you, Bruce. Thank you very much. It's very unique to have that involvement. Take that, KISS Podcasts. That's right. <laughs> All my friends are doing KISS Podcasts. <laughs> we, we, we still outrank a couple of them. That's good. Listener well, there's some, there's just so many. There's so many KISS Podcasts. There are. And we're the only big country ones, which is another gripe we have. <laughs> We'd like to see some competition out there. Yeah, if you don't like these episodes, go listen to the other big country podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> there isn't one. We could do what we want. We're the Kim Jong-uns of Big Country Podcast Dumb. <laughs> Fantastic. We have two topics left. Okay. We have the, we have the Mark interview and the Steel Town Deep Dive. Which do you think is our number one? <laughs> oh, well, gosh, maybe you'll surprise me, but I, I'm going to say the Mark interview has got to be number one. Yeah. You can't really pick yourself, can you? That, that sounds very vain. But you're right. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we did a great job on the Steel Town Deep Dive. I'm really proud of those. But, man, for my, I would prefer to listen to the Mark interview, too, if I was a listener. I and mean, the, the listeners would, too. And that was just such a fantastic interview. I mean, even for us, I mean, uh, man, it was, it was almost, um, almost two and a half hours of Mark just talking. And he was, it, <laughs> it was great. It was incredible. And uh, the listeners agree because they write – the Mark interview episode 4.91. Nice. Nearly nice. Uh, full marks from everybody. And believe me, we have marks all over the place, but that is one where people really agree that that was a very special episode. And the deep dive is not too far behind with 4.72. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very proud. And we're asking people to rank it when they really haven't had a chance to listen to everything. Right. Because we, we, we splurted out the last couple of ones, and then the next day I ask for input. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we don't demand much from our listeners. No, I know. no way. And, and thank but, you to Nirja, by the way, for, get, for helping us get that Mark interview put together because um, she was instrumental in, in us getting that interview with him put together. And uh, it just worked out perfectly. And, and we were so thrilled that he spent that much of his time talking to us about anything and everything. So, so many great insights on that show. Yeah, it really was. And when I think back to 2014, or really the podcast so far, and when, when one day comes that the podcast is no more, and I think back to what was a special moment, I guess it would be sitting there and Mark just spilling or bearing his soul almost uh, mm-hmm. at times about, about certain things and just, just feeling the chill that I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he felt comfortable enough to do it with us, which is not something that either one of us takes for granted. That, that, um, that is an honor. Well, for me personally, it's, I, I really feel so good and so satisfied that, it, especially now after talking with Mark, that I've been able to tell each of the original members uh, personally how much their music has meant to me. And I, mm-hmm. I, know, I know many people have done that, so and I'm sure they've heard it many, many times, but... To be able just to, to have them sitting there and to be able to express to them not only how much their music has meant to you, but how much of a difference they've actually made in your life because 
we've both met spouses through the band, uh, through a mutual interest in the band. Not through the band, but it's not like they're intermediaries between our spouses. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We've, our spouses share an interest in, in big country. You know, so there's so much that uh, it's, it's crazy, really, how much that band has, has changed and affected our lives. So to be able to tell them that um, face to face or Skype to Skype or whatever is 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 really satisfying. So I was I remember we were able to say that to Mark as well and on that interview mm-hmm. and that was that was a good moment for me personally so yeah definitely the circle is now complete it is and that that that's a great thing now that's uh, i guess our privilege but uh, as much as possible we want to bring those experiences to everybody and yeah. Uh, yeah. i think we hit the nerve on that one and with that we're going into the highlights of 2014 and I call this the top 10 great divide moments of the year. And this is where you and I picked in the past what, what are our favorite moments or quotes or anything. And this year, it's the listeners. Oh, and good. they picked it. So if they, didn't, if they didn't pick something, it doesn't make the list, no matter what I feel. All right. So, uh, and, and this is obviously anything at all. So you will see some overall topics that touched people. You will see revelations in interviews. It can be a quote from any part of discussion. It can be a funny moment, really anything. And I have five honorable mentions. <laughs> and then I have a top five countdown. And the reason I have honorable mentions is because there's really no way to, to rank them per se. All the, the top uh, five ones have a number of people saying the same things, which is why they make the top lists. And some of these ones, uh, maybe just one did it, but I found it really funny. And we'll start with our good friend, Kenny Henderson. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny. How are you doing, Kenny? So his quote, as it is, I, I can only do this justice by reading it without the Scottish accent. And he <laughs> says, one that sticks in my mind is Bruce revealing that he has a pee before going on stage, but doesn't wash his hands. And to, <laughs> and to think I've shaken his hand too. <laughs> Forgot about that. That's great. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a good one because a lot of them are about the later episodes. So I wanted to have one from the very earlier episode of the year. Nice. Uh, another one nominated by David Brown is Tom's Stop ruining songs for us, Arlen, back in the round table. <laughs> actually, actually, a couple of people mentioned that one. I think that, that was a funny moment. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry, Arlen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arlen, Arlen is cool with it. He's, and he has already apologized to you for something that you don't know what it is. Yeah, yet. apparently something is coming on at my expense, so I'll be ready for that. Yeah, and that's on Arlen, not on anyone else. <laughs> okay. The third one is nominated by John Lewis. And he says, it's Svein's discussion of the cat rescue in the Just a Shadow video, <laughs> a.k.a. Save the Cats video. <laughs> so he found that hilarious. And uh, listening back, it's more funny than I remembered it at the time. <laughs> yeah, you were, so, you were so against that cat. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, it's so, it's so nice. Yeah, that's, that was funny. <laughs> that actually ties a little bit into the fourth one. And the fourth one is picked because it represents something this is just one very specific example of maybe we can call it the difference in approaches and and or the chemistry between us that makes things work and this is from mark dan willows and it's another one from the videos episode and he reads i loved it when swine was talking about the appearance of pat the hern in the heart of the world video (laughs) swine said something like yeah he sure got more exposure on camera than martin chambers got in the alone video tom said bet you could tell you that count up how many seconds he was on screen and Swine said oh I already have <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and the difference in approaches in the chemistry 
is what makes things work. Swine <laughs> then went on to describe in fine detail that not only was it X seconds longer, but where in the frame Pat was and that he was in front of Bruce. <laughs> Detailed, nerdy, and brilliant. You could tell by Tom's laugh that he thought, yep, of course you have already worked it out. Those are great moments. <laughs> that's, so, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. And it's, uh, it's really funny. one example of something he touches on that we... Um, <laughs> We we do have different approaches, but I think they mesh well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> I think they do too. I agree. <laughs> There's a reason that I that I thought of you when I was thinking of a podcast host. But you never thought how it would work out. No, but I must have had some weird sense about it because that that was like the you were you were the first person I thought of. Not because I like you very much. No, clearly not. I was just thinking no, about that- the show. After those two episodes, you thought, "Who can come and save this show?" And you thought of me. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Here's number five. Number five is from the evidently not-as-liked episode of Deluxe Editions. But actually several people mentioned this. And this was our discussion on Gypsy Girl slash Into the Fire slash Celtic Dream. Several people picked up on that. And I have one comment from Alan Anbari who says, This was as great an analysis of the genesis of a big country song as we have ever had. Oh, and wow. I appreciate that comment uh, a lot, actually, because awesome. I agree. On, on the surface, I can get that the deluxe edition discussion isn't that interesting or doesn't sound as interesting. But uh, our way of trying to make it interesting was to zone down on the new stuff and draw parallels to the demos. And I think that one was, I, I have to agree, one of the more interesting parts of the episode. Yeah. yeah and I, a good moment of the year. Yeah, there were, there were so many versions of that song, and it's, it was fascinating. And I have another comment from Mark Donvillos, saying, um, Thank you so much for telling me that the track Celtic Dream was actually Into the Fire with alternate vocals. I, like Tom, had skipped straight past it, and now it is one of my very favorite big country tracks. Oh, very cool. Very so, cool. So, uh, yeah, if we can bring that kind of realization to people all the better so that was one where several people touched on it and that brings us to the top five where we have many mentions for each of these points so these are very deserving points these are the ones that sticks with people so that uh, that makes it all the while so number five number five moment of the great divide 2014 and that is the fact that we conducted a roundtable yeah people really liked that idea and uh, i have i picked three comments about it where one is love the idea of some fresh meat to freshen up the podcast and add even further dimension the cast of characters was well chosen and i have to agree uh, great guys coming on doing doing really well yep lisa nell or sorry lisa Kinnell. i have to say that again Kinnell. Yes. i love your name lisa uh really liked the roundtable session and think this would be a great idea to do with different people. It's always nice to put a face or a voice to a name. That's that's and the idea, Lisa, definitely. Yeah. We, we love the people that we had on, and we'll probably use some of them again, and if not all of them again at some point, but we want to mix it up too, and we'll try again at some point with another roundtable and maybe get some new people in there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great way to give you guys um, a, a, an opportunity to participate on the show even beyond the whole speak pipe thing. So you can have like a whole episode to get your opinions across. And yeah, it worked out. It worked out so well. We've got so many great responses from that show. And um, I'm really pleased with the way that came out. It was ranked number four. 
And uh, so there were a couple who really didn't like it, I have to say. Oh, but that's interesting. The, Good. Uh, well, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, but you just saw it in the ranking. Yeah. You wouldn't get that as a, as a comment, but some ranked it quite low. But for the most part, we got high rates. And obviously, it wouldn't be number four if people didn't also think very highly of it. Yeah. Uh, just one more comment on that one, which is from William Thistlethwaite. And he said, it was great hearing an articulate female voice on the round table. Is that about <laughs> you? And I'm not an articulate female voice. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe that, if that's why you picked me and reality is now coming crashing down, I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's right, you're but, not articulate. <laughs> no, but I do my best. Enough to save the show anyway. <laughs> And he added, have some of the more famous fans on your show, like that lady from the Steel Town discussion for sure. <laughs> and I, I actually had that to lady. share that. I had to share that with CJ. So I shared, I shared it with her and her repost is, ha ha, that is a laugh. I guess I should be happy they referred to me as a lady and not <laughs> that's drunk broad. <laughs> we got to get that drunk broad back on the show. Yeah. I don't know what hours you can pick that the, the least drunk hours. We, we tried 8 o'clock in the morning. Didn't help. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter. But, no, it didn't. <laughs> but uh, that's good. The round table. I, I like the fact that that's a pick, and many people mentioned it, and many people liked it. Yeah. So that's, that's more, I think, the concept. So that, the fact that we introduced that this year was, was a great moment for many people. Yep. Number four. And this is uh, something coming from an interview, and it comes from Mark's interview. And the way he addressed his mis- the, the misconceptions about his tenure in big country. Uh, Arlen had one comment saying, Mark talking about how he never really quit the band. And uh, William was the one who said Mark addressing misconceptions about his tenure. I guess uh, the fact that he spoke quite passionately about I never left. And uh, I know a lot of people really enjoyed hearing that for some reason. He never left. He never... Uh, sort of, he he put that ghost to sleep because I know it's probably been a ghost for him to carry around that people think Mark left and then so and so happened and then Mark came back and he he will categorically say I never left and yeah. we got that whole story for reference in that one and that struck enough of a chord that uh, it makes number four on this list. Yeah, it's clearly something that's bothered him over the years. Mm. You, that came through in the classic rock interview and it came through in the interview we did with him. So it's good that we could give him that forum. Even more so to set that straight. And I know he said it in interviews since. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a very interesting story, but I would I would hope that we help getting that message out there, so he doesn't feel like he has to explain it and almost excuse himself because that um, it's it's kind of on his behalf. I'm kind of annoyed that that perception is out there now, and yeah, I hope we manage to readdress that somehow. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So I, um, I'm pleased that one made the list personally. Number three, and this is another thing we did, which uh, more than a moment is something that people will remember from this year, and that is the Miller Mix petition. And I really didn't expect this to be brought up much at all, but it was by several people. And uh, I'll read a couple of comments there. John Lewis said, the Miller Mix petition, even if nothing happens, at least we tried. And I guess that is the feeling that people have, that we, we had to do something. And yeah. we did that. And Alan and Barry adds, I really liked the PSA about the Miller version of the Seer. It was unfortunate that it came too late for Universal to do anything. But it was a great example of what the Internet and devoted fans can accomplish 
shed, shed a light on an issue and would, uh, that would otherwise go unnoticed. Right. Maybe that version of the seer will eventually come out thanks to your efforts. So all I can say is, uh, like John Lewis, at least we tried. Yeah, and we haven't given up either, so don't think that we've given up. I mean, it was, it was too late, really, for anything to happen at that time, but uh, there will be a 30th anniversary of the seer. Whether the band is going to do what they've done with the past two albums and and do shows where they play that in its entirety, I don't know. But uh, I, I would imagine if we can continue to uh, make that petition known to people and make it known to people that that exists and that's something that people want, maybe we'll st- we still have a chance of getting that out there. So mm. I know Bruce is aware of it. Bruce um, would like to see that out there. And, and so it's something that the band, I think, wants as well. Yeah. So it's not over yet. It's all about timing, I think. Yeah. Obviously, timing was crap this time. There's, there's no denying it was crap. But we are two years removed from uh, the 30th anniversary of that album. Yes. I still have hope that that might be the hook to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even though we got the deluxe edition this year, and that's kind of the, I don't know, the, the kind of the thing that could stop it, that just just releasing another version two years later or a year and a half. <laughs> Well, I don't who knows? know how re- realistic it is, but yeah, who knows? If there's demand, they'll do it. There, There is uh, a part of Universal that releases digital-only type of releases. Uh, even if it's digital-only, I'd be thrilled. So who knows? We'll see. But it's it's not yeah. over yet. No. And uh, again, at least we tried. That's out there. And um, I appreciate that people feel or mention it as a highlight because I was worried for a while that we were pushing it too much in people's faces. Yeah, and that, uh, <laughs> there, there, there definitely was an element of that. So I guess we pushed until we reached the uh, thousand mark, and uh, then we let go a bit. And after that, it's kind of lived on its own. But uh, it's one we can pick up and do another push on in the future. But I guess yeah, those, that those signatures aren't going. Side. Yeah, and those signatures aren't going anywhere. So we'll, we'll pick it up again sometime down the road. And um, I can't imagine anyone feeling like, oh, stop talking to me about this seer extra, this seer version that is so much better that I don't have that, you know, just quit talking <laughs> to me about it. I'm in a big country group. What are you doing? You know, it's like, come on. If you don't like the like it in the future, just ignore our posts about the seer petition. But uh, yeah, it, it was everywhere, and we 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 certainly um, got to thank the other Facebook moderators too from. From uh, making the Journey page, East of Eden page, Big Country page, all those guys were really helpful too in us putting the, um, getting the getting the word out and getting those signatures up there. So we'll try again down the road. That is one of the more pleasing things to me that actually we were able to to pull in the same direction for a while. <laughs> yeah, not that not not that we have this big disagreements, but uh, everybody just said, "Yeah, we'll do it." Yeah, and that that was a nice moment. It was to, to see happen. Okay, number two. And number two takes us back to the round table. So some people might suspect what is coming. And I'll read the comments that I have. And I have one from uh, David Brown. Uh, my favorite, he says, has to be episode 37. And CJ is now immortal. Are we going to talk about all the sex on that album at the <laughs> beginning and then repeat it? And Conrad Dijula uh, says, the CJ sex teaser in the beginning of the round table episode and CJ erupting into laughter from the huge hammer comment. That was a really funny comment. <laughs> that cracked me up too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, first we have to say number one. And uh, there really was no contest about this. This is our number one moment of the year. I think uh, 
I think I have to agree personally. What could it be? So, uh, what, what could it be? It's yet another one from the Mark episodes. Ah. And I have two quotes that uh, say it very nicely. The first one by our friend Christine. She says, I honestly think my favorite moment of the past year was listening to Mark talk about Stuart. It was really touching. Mm. And Mark Danvillos follows up with, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Mark just because he is often a quieter voice. What has stayed with me is the touching moments when he was talking about how Stuart and him were good friends and that Stuart would confide in him. Uh, in insight into Stuart's mind, the potential breakup with the band and the conversations he had on tour with him was very revealing indeed. Wow. Many people picked that, that one. I think those two comments say, says it all. That's fantastic. That, that, that's really making me want to go back and listen to those episodes now too because I'd, I'd forgotten some of the, some of the uh, nuances of those things that he had said. But yeah, he, that's bringing it all back to me. Those mm. were very touching moments, talking about his relationship with Stuart and sharing a room with him, I believe, and those types of things. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, all the conversations they had on tour about the future of the band and uh, just very, uh, very sharing moments. And I uh, didn't expect him to bring them up. I think uh, he did it on his own initiative. We didn't ask about that. I don't think I could have asked about that about private conversations he would have had with Stuart and what Stuart thought about certain things. But he, he was happy to share it. And uh, a lot of people have uh, connected with that. That's so that, um, that is a great moment, I think, and one that uh, we can all be proud about. Awesome. Good choices, everyone. Thanks for providing those. Yeah. That's fascinating really nice. for me to hear, those, hear that back. And uh, as I say, I'm just hearing this for the first time. So that's great. It's really interesting. All right. Uh, on that note, it's now time for another The Great Divide surprise. So we'll start the next segment with a speak pipe from Craig Clark. And we received this message a while back. It didn't fit into any other episodes, but uh, we'll play it now. I have an idea for a topic on a future podcast. Tom, I know you do some big country covers that are really cool. So how about a discussion topic of songs that big country covered as well as bands that have covered big country songs in preparation for that Svein could prepare a song that he would sing I'd really love to hear him sing a big country song and do a cover of one of them so you guys are doing a great job and love the podcast so we wanted to play this in one of the Steel Town Deep Dive episodes and we were planning on doing that but as we were putting it together this thing has just got so long as I was editing editing these I, I said can we save this for the Yuletide show because then it could stand on its own and Svein agreed. But what we are going to do is actually play you a cover that's, yes, Svein himself sang and performed. Played far too many of mine. So here, here's one of Svein's. And this came from um, a project that many of you might remember from a number of years back. It was called Music to Move Mountains By. And it was a big country uh, fan-produced uh, collection of covers of big country songs. I participated in it. Some other people participated in it. There was a great version, I think, of Never Take Your Place by a band called Nod and All. If any of you guys are out there, let us know, mm. because that, that version is always looked at as probably the best thing from that compilation. Um, I remember even Stuart talking about how cool it was to hear that song, uh, somebody yeah. do that song. So there are a lot of stuff on there, and including our own Svein Hjorthug doing Come Back to Me. So uh, I'm just curious... Uh, I, I kind of know this already, but for the sake of our listeners, why did you choose that song? What was it about that song that, that you wanted to... Why did you want to cover that one? Yeah, I picked a couple of songs, actually. I was going to have two songs on that thing. The oh, Music yeah. to Move Mountains by. 
but uh, only one happened, and uh, I was going to also do Winding Wind. So it, it, it was going That's to right, be Winding yeah. Wind and uh, Come Back to Me. So Come Back to Me was just a favorite and uh, one that we... Uh, I can't remember. This is 18 years ago. And that's part of this thing. The music to Moon Mountains by come out. It came out 18 years ago. So I'm very removed from this thing. Yeah, can you believe it? Oh. Back in the day. Uh, so uh, the version on the album is actually a demo version. I, I was going to do a final version. And uh, what happened was I developed a throat infection. So I was totally unable to do a final version. I sounded like this monster from the abyss. Ugh, just horrible screeching. So... I had this version I had done with just one time singing through and one time singing through some backup vocals and that was it, just to test it. And so many people who said they were going to contribute didn't end up contributing because things came in the way or it wasn't right or they just couldn't do it anyway. So I was sitting there thinking, right, if I'm dropping out too, we're starting to get a bit too bare bones. So I just did it. And I thought, how many people will listen to this thing? 20, 30? And I just went with it. And now we have 4,000 downloads. <laughs> so this is a bit more <laughs> daunting, actually, than putting it out there back in the day. So it's a demo version. I know there's bum notes. I know there's flat singing in places, but I don't care. It's 18 years ago. Uh, I play guitar. I sing. And my friend uh, Osli Eglund, who the Norwegians will know as a sports commentator on TV, that's kind of funny, uh, played bass, uh, did some rhythm tracks and, and sampling. And... Mm -hmm. We just knocked it together at his studio. So I actually had to go over to someone else's house to do it too. This was not uh, done at my own leisure. It was like sprinting out and used the half hour we had. So <laughs> I, I hope I have lowered the expectations sufficiently now. <laughs> yes. But uh, it, it's a fun thing. So what the hell, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. It's good. The emotion is there and it's, it's, it's a nice version of the song. So here it is. He, Craig, here it is for you and for everyone else. This is fine doing Come Back to Me.
That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Right. That takes us toward the end of the show. And we had uh, another thing in the input I asked for, where what would you like to see on a Yuletide and what questions would you ask Tom and myself? You can ask us anything. This is the Yuletide. We keep it light. Is there anything you want to ask us? And you will not believe the number of questions <laughs> and the, the ridiculousness of some of these questions, which uh, probably is fun. But we, we will simply not be able to go into all of them. But uh, I'll, I'll do a quick rundown. And I tried to categorize them as best I could. And we have some <laughs> about big country, some about our musical tastes, some about Christmas. Actually, the Christmas section is quite staggering. And we have some that I just call various, which is where you find, the, I guess, the juicy stuff. But as far as Good. the country goes, looking back now, Conrad is asking us, how do we think the journey is aging as an album? Oh, interesting question. That, that, that's funny because I actually thought about that recently, and um, I heard uh, Return pop up on one of my iPod mixes, and I thought, I want to mm -hmm. go back and listen to that album because I haven't listened to it in a while. I think it's, it's holding up just fine, personally. I think it, it was an awesome album. Uh, it, it really surprised a lot of people. It surprised me. Not, not that I expected them to not do great work. They always do great work. But I was surprised mm -hmm. at how well that, that album sat within the catalog. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I still love a lot of stuff on that album. So uh, I think it holds up great. It does. Yeah, I have the same as you. That I, uh, I haven't picked it up a lot this year. 
But that, that says nothing about the quality of the album. It says something about how much music I have to digest. And uh, there, there's constant incoming. There's yeah. always something new. But uh, I think of it. I, I thought of it uh, right before you know, we started doing the Steel Time stuff. That I, re- I really want to go back to that one. But uh, we listened to it so intensely when it came. And we did that deep dive. And that was a very deep, deep dive to do for a new album. Yeah. It's actually more work to do in a new album. You have to listen more, analyze more, and you don't have the benefit of many, many years that you can just almost do autopilot. Right. Not that you do, but you'd have to work that much more. So I took a break after those episodes and after all the journey episodes. I think we did six episodes on the journey last year. <laughs> That's right. And so, so I never had any extensive listening things, but like you, when a song comes up, I never think, oh, I want to skip that. Right. I, I, I think it's a great album. It's definitely, I would say, middle of their catalog, which is, it's, it speaks to the quality because it's a high bar. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Another question, and maybe we need to do lighter answers for all of these, <laughs> but there's a best song Stuart, Tony, Mark, or Bruce ever played on before being in the band. I guess that's too deep, really, for, for this thing, oh, but that's yeah. one we can put in the bag. Do, do you have any immediate... Let's say Skids. What's your favorite Skids song? I'll be honest. I can't think of, of one for the other guys offhand, but definitely with Stuart, obviously, you think of the Skids. So I'm going to say uh, off the top of my head, Woman in Winter. Mm. One of my favorite tracks in the, in, of Stuart ever. In fact, Joni and I were going to cover that song at one point, and uh, we got around to working out the music, but we never did it. But maybe, maybe we'll do that at some point. Mm. I can hear a, a female voice singing that. That would be a very interesting take on that song, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. But it's just yeah. a beautiful song. It's just incredible. And you can hear the big country sound all throughout that song. So, um, yeah, I love it. I would have to agree. Uh, that's definitely up there. And I would be boring and pick Into the Valley as another one. And for- everybody, everybody picks it. But I see, I see that as prototype big country. Yeah. About musical tastes. We, we had quite a lot of questions there. And... Um, Phil Kennedy is asking, it would be interesting to hear what non-big country music you have been listening to in 2014. Wow. How can you narrow that one down? That's yeah, tough. Um, gosh, I listen to so much different music, and there's there's a lot of, all kinds of stuff that I love. Um, but for me, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been listening to a whole lot of stuff, because I've really been in really involved in my own mu- musical project for like the last two years. Maybe one day I'll get it finished. I'm actually in the mixing phase right now of um of my own CD and uh just it's something that I work on as I can and um when you got a lot going on it's hard to devote so much the time that you need to it which can be very frustrating at times but I'm getting close I see the light at the end of the tunnel so usually when I have free time I'm listening to my own music or trying to figure out my own music um but uh if I if I'm looking at other bands uh, I'm a big Bat for Lashes fan. I like a lot of her stuff, um, which is kind of ethereal, Kate Bush type of stuff. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of anything offhand. Uh, Clash, I could probably do a Clash podcast one day. They're definitely my second favorite band. There's a band called Isley that I like a lot. Um, a, a fan, it's like a family band, a band of a bunch of sisters, and a, and a brother plays drums, and I think a cousin plays bass great great music very underappreciated um 
And of course, Ace Frehley of Kiss released a new album this year, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> so, so I still have mm. some new Kiss-related music to listen to, and, and even Judas Priest released a very good new album this year. So uh, that's right. My my tastes are going all the way from from hard metal to uh, ethereal female stuff. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to answer that question right offhand, but. Um, there's a lot of stuff I listen to. Lucinda Williams just released a new album that's just really good. She's kind of an alt-country artist, great songwriter. Um, Robert Plant's new album is really good. Uh, so uh, I won't go through any more, but that's a lot of stuff. Actually, I, I got an email from Spotify the other day where they say, this is your year in music, 2014. And I didn't know that they did this, but they apparently can make statistics of the stuff you've listened to. And I do not listen exclusively to music on Spotify, far from it, but it, it does highlight some things. And uh, the band, apparently, that I listened the most to on Spotify in 2014 is Tarot. And Tarot is a fantastic band from Finland uh, by the two brothers, uh, Hiatala, Zachary and Marco. And Marco Hiatala is more known as the bass player and vocalist in Nightwish. So this is their band. They've been going 30 years. They play a form of power metal. So I don't I know it. how many people here are from that. Really melodic, really epic. And uh, also bands like Rage, the new Devin Townsend projects. It's really epic stuff. So that you have, again, that's the link to big country, uh, the epicness. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's, if it's metal or if, what it is. If it's epic, I like it. Well, there's another band that I kind of heard recently called Delta Spirit. I heard one song, and it just blew me away. It was so good. And then I, I previewed the album, and I was so much less enthused by all the other songs on the album that I didn't download it. But, mm. uh, yeah, but I agree. That that epic quality is something I'm always looking for in, in music as well. And a lot of that is because of the feeling that Big Country's music has given me. So uh, Exactly. So hopefully they'll release something uh, soon, in the, and maybe in the new year. We'll see. That would be nice. Arlen had a nice follow-up. He said, I'd actually love to hear you guys talk about the seeming dichotomy of being Kiss and Big Country fans. <laughs> On the surface, they seem about as far from each other as two rock bands can get. Not a judgment, just an observation. <laughs> oh, he's right. Other than being four-piece rock bands with two guitarists, they seem to have almost nothing in common. It's a good one. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's funny how... Two of our favorite bands happen to be Big Country and Kiss. <laughs> right. And I, I got to say, for, for me, Kiss, the Kiss love is just so ingrained in my childhood. It's not like what Kiss does today I'm looking at and say, I mean, I still follow it and I still will, will listen to it, but I, I kind of laugh at it in, in, in many respects at this point. Um, although, again, I think that the new Ace album is actually quite good. But there's there's not really a huge connection i guess maybe it would be that that epic feel because there was something when when you discovered kiss in your if you're one of the people who discovered kiss in your youth um especially here in america where they were they were kind of like our version of the beatles um for for the next generation believe me i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not suggesting that musically they were <laughs> they were like the beatles but as far as just having four very unique guys a band made up of four very unique guys that all sang and they just kind of took the country by storm um that really put a big imprint on my childhood and and being a huge superhero comic book uh fantasy type of fan from from early childhood that that was the perfect band to really get into a bunch mm. of superheroes that play guitar and blew things up so 
I'm one of those people that once I latch on to something, I very, very rarely ever let go of it, <laughs> no matter how no, old I, I get. I, yeah, uh, and I'm the same. And that just means that you're not following a fashion. You actually see something there that you genuinely like. Yeah. And if you do that, why would that change? I mean, sometimes tastes can change and will change. And maybe you don't listen to an album as much in adult life as a kid. In the case of Kiss, I do. Um, don't look for a big connection, I guess, is, is my message. No. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you watch a comedy. Sometimes you watch a horror movie. You never exclusively watch comedies. What can I say? Sometimes you're in the mood for this. Sometimes you're in the mood for that. Right. But there is, there, there is a larger-than-life aspect to the characters that created it, the, the mystery around them. And uh, some of the music, too, is, is fairly big in idea and scope. And yeah. we, should, we should play some samples from music from the Elder here. Yes, people wouldn't it. People wouldn't uh, believe it was Kiss. <laughs> right. And, uh, the, I mean, every album has... That. Every band has their albums that sound a bit different. Big Country has the same. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's a childhood love, and it's an epicness, and just uh, strong melodies. What yeah. can I say? Yeah, sometimes you want to hear big, dumb music, and you don't want to think about uh, something that you would have to have six deep dives about to dis- decipher in lyrical meaning. <laughs> so kiss, yeah. kiss is like that. Big, dumb fun. How about this one? Tom and Swine accidentally bumps into each other under the mistletoe at a party. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do. Knee I'll to the groin. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I give you a look, a long look. This is getting scary. And then you just tilt your head and you say, how about you, Tom? I say, and you go away. <laughs> Wait, I say, I say, how about you, Tom, to myself? I say that. Oh. <laughs> that was that was maybe the the creepiest thing ever said on the show. I, that was really scary. I think in your mind it was different than what was said. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the way you the way you were saying it there, the, the, just the inflection. No, I don't know what I, what would I do. I would um, I would uh, feign. I would feign. Let's, I would feign death. Let, let's hug it out. <laughs> <laughs> we know that we know that there's man love somewhere hidden beneath. Yes, there must be. So we'll toast in eggnog and go to the next question. Uh, <laughs> what are what, what are your goals for the new year? And I know you already told me one of yours. Is this related Which, to the show or just general goals? Your goals. You want to finish your damn album? I want to you? finish my damn album, and I, and I want every listener, every four thousand downloaders no actually every 165,000 downloaders which of course are all unique i want you all to purchase my album that would put it into the top 10 w- w- easily oh yeah with those numbers <laughs> it'll be number one no I mean, we, 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 we'll obviously have a break after the yuletide but but when tom is ready to plug his album we'll be back that's it's exactly right that's what i'm planning there will be there will be there will be some album plugs um i hope you will allow me that and uh, we'll see. yeah, you have no you have no choice. There will be there will be will be a few album plugs in the future, but uh, that and the real reason that I created this podcast will come to light to create an audience that will maybe be more receptive to my new music. So uh, that's that's the real reason that I've gone to this painstaking effort to develop all this. And um, no. I don't know. That's I just right. I just want to finish the thing. It's it's just a personal project. It's uh something that um 
has been one of the hardest things I've ever done. I've, I've really discovered even more about myself being a, I, I know you're, you're talked about as being the perfectionist a lot on the show and, um, much more organized, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to my music, I, I'm probably that much too. I, I can't seem to just crank something out in a, in a few weeks. <laughs> like some of these groups do. I sit and labor over everything and, um, every note. And so I'm getting there, as I said, but that, that's my main goal to finish that. That's, uh, the main thing I'm going to be devoted to over the next couple months. And I hope at that point it will be done. And, um, after that, I mean, um, just the same goals that anyone else has just to be happy, healthy. And, um, well, we'll be back to do more shows. Exactly. Wonderful. I'm going to move on because we, uh, we don't have too much more time left on this podcast. One question we have in the various section, which is an interesting question by David Brown. What do your wives think of your podcast slash obsession? I'm sure the (laughs) expletives are flying. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Well, my wife is a big country fan as as big as I am, and that's the reason that we met was because we both were into big country. So she totally understands it. But I will say this. I don't know what the last episode that she listened to. It, it probably was episode 30-something, early 30s. <laughs> I think she stopped listening to the show. Uh, for me, the ma- the main problem I have are my kids. They they um Right now, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't burst into the room here while I'm recording this because – we tend we tend to do this on the weekends and uh, in the morning for me. Uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday morning. We've done a lot of these lately, and my kids want to play with me. They want me to play with them. They really resent this <laughs> after a while, and um, they they just like, come on, hurry up! This is taking too long. Finish right. So uh, they're, they're the... I've heard a lot of that, and it's kind of funny because sometimes they will get on the mic and they will sing a song for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, 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 which I always enjoy. I have to say that, and that uh, obviously doesn't make it to the show. But that's uh, speaking of memories down the road. I'll I'll think of that. Oh, that's nice. I appreciate that. But, mm. but yeah, my wife my wife is fine with it. She doesn't have a problem with it. But uh, I think she also probably thinks like, "Wow, really? Four episodes of Steel Town discussion." Oh, no, actually, seven, <laughs> six or seven. Wow. I remember she asked you, or you, you told me she asked you, aren't you done yet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. And when she said done, she meant like with the entire show. Like, yes, Aren't exactly. you finished? <laughs> do you have more to talk about? I guess we do. We've got to get through all the albums at least before we end this thing, whenever that will be. Yeah, and I didn't show you yet the list of suggestions from people of future topics. We have more than 100 various topics <laughs> suggested by people as part of the feedback I asked for. Wow. So you'll get to see that list over Christmas. Wow. So um, there's definitely more than three albums on that list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for me, it's pretty... I, I have a very understanding uh, other half as well when it comes to doing these things. But... Uh, we haven't done too many of them apart from November, December. And that's a point that I'll get to how badly we are at spacing these out. So uh, no, it all good so far, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. There's an interesting question from Tom Stieber. What big country songs do your kids prefer? If any, have your kids introduced you to any music you didn't know about, but enjoy as well. Also do your kids play any musical instrument? So for me, I can, I can start on that one. My son is seven. I don't know if he has a favorite big country song or any deep personal relationship with big country. However, he is a huge fan of the skids. Really? Wow. And that is, and, and that is due to CDs being played in the car. 
So I, I, I'm still old school. I make compilation discs for the car because I love making them. So there's big country discs there. And there's also a skids disc. And we've been playing big country and he never really asked about it. He will sit there and take it in. And then the skids disc was playing and he said, what is that? <laughs> what's that song? And play number four again. And you can kind of notice when he latches onto something. So the skids is it for him. So that's a, an interesting thing. He, he might know more about certain skids songs than I do. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, my, my kids are six and four, and um, they, they love listening to Big Country. I would play them, of course, in the car, so they're, it's forced on them. But they, they sing the songs all the time. And uh, my, my oldest son really seems to love the song The Teacher. And he calls it mis- uh, he calls he calls it mystery. Yeah, yeah. Don't even start with that. You should be concerned. <laughs> well, he calls it mystery, and he, I think he even called the band mystery once. But um, <laughs> yeah, he he likes to just sing that chorus, all of mystery, all, and he, that's all he says. But the the little one will sing their songs as well. And actually, the little one shows more of an inclination toward music than the older mm-hmm. one right now. But neither one plays an instrument. But um, they they seem to like watching me play. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, Nothing my it- son is uh, starting on guitar, actually. Oh, cool. All right, great. Yeah, so he, I have to look around to see if he's here. No, he has he has a guitar coming for him. Nice, nice. Yeah, for Christmas. So that, that that's that. And we have a very good and insightful question from Mark Den Willows, where he says, the only topic we're talking about for 2015 is, will Tom ever learn how to say Berzecki correctly? <laughs> I can't answer that, Mark. Hope springs eternal. There's a lot of things we hope from Tom. Brzezicki. You, you have to be patient. <laughs> how, do you, how, how do you say it? Brzezicki. I just said it, Brzezicki. Yeah, so I, I don't know what Mark has picked up on. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a significant error so far. But it sounds like there's improvement on the way, Mark. So I'll do my yeah. best, Mark. I, I didn't realize that. I know that's a tough name anyway but it's not as tough as my co-host's last name uh so uh <laughs> you, you do okay i mean you, you you started out well in the beginning and then you slipped a bit and then you stopped so i guess i discouraged you when i asked you how well do you think you would you say it yeah i just gave up after that it's like okay forget it <laughs> that's fine all right I'll, could, I'll i'll work on that i didn't realize that was uh that i was messing that one up too but uh i i, I didn't either till i saw the question but I, I have full faith in our listeners especially <laughs> when it comes to to these kind of things i have three more okay uh arlen swine mentioned that he was doing a kiss project at one point i'd like to hear about that very shortly the kiss project i mentioned last yuletide was a book about kiss in norway that someone else is making and I was contributing to. So I sent my contribution and I still think that book is a couple years from being done. It's not really a big personal thing for me, but I, I, I will have some things of mine in there. Nice. Uh, on a more personal note, I'm working on my own books. And that uh, I have two books in the running and the last half year I have not had much progress on them. So I hesitate to mention it, but I'll do it just to throw it out there that I'm working on something to give myself that little extra pressure to actually do something with them. Good. And that was a selection of the, the questions. We, we really had no chance to do all of it. But just looking ahead to a, a new year without knowing specifically topics or, or timelines or anything, do you have any hopes or things you want to do for the podcast? Well, one thing, the main thing I want to do is uh, get Simon on the show. I want to, I want to talk to Simon. And I think we mm-hmm. can do that. I've uh, done some things, had some discussions behind the scenes, and, and I think we can get that uh, at some point, hopefully. Um, 
I still would like to get Steve Lillywhite on the show. We, we tried to get him for the Steel Town episodes. He was initially receptive to a first request. He said, try me again in a month. I did. He never responded. So uh, I'll try him again and see. Uh, he certainly would be someone that we, we, we would love to talk to anytime. Yeah. So, uh, but, but I would I think, love- I think we'll have a break now. So try him again later and in, in in, into next year. Yeah, we'll try him again. And, uh, but I would main thing I would love to get Simon on the show. He's a new new guy in the band. I'd love to get his perspective on the band he's joined and see what he thinks. And and uh, so maybe we can make that happen sometime. All right. But for now, uh, another thing I asked for was uh, if our listeners wanted to submit Christmas greetings for people or just to other big country fans, send in some uh, some holiday cheer. So I received a few speak pipes and. Uh, Tom will be proud of me because I have actually edited them together to one long montage nice. to, to, to fit together. Yes, I am working on my editing skills. Maybe that will somehow down the road ease the burden for Tom and uh, maybe we'll both participate and maybe that can in- actually increase the rate that, that we can do this. So uh, That would be wonderful. It wouldn't it? So that this is my little Christmas gift to you, Tom, <laughs> that uh, I have done some editing. And uh, I will play back these uh, messages now. And uh, with that, get into the end of this show. Hello, this is Adam Saltis from Greensboro, North Carolina. Just want to say special Merry Christmas to Schwein and have at you, Tom. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> Schwein. Hi, this is Alan from Austin, Texas. Best wishes to the band and all big country fans out there in Wonderland. Merry Christmas, fun, and have at you, Tom. Stay alive. <laughs> I love that. Hi, this is thing. David Brown calling in from Northern California this time around. I want to wish everyone in the country podcast land a happy holiday and a new year. And especially want to say Merry Christmas, fun, and have at you, Tom. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Lisa Canale. <laughs> Just wanted to thank you both for your hard work on the podcast this year. Also wanted to say Merry Christmas, fine, and have at you, Tom. <laughs> now I'm sensing a plot. Hi, this is Connor DeJarley. I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I'd like to leave Tom a special Christmas message. And it's kind of slipping my mind right now. But I think it was something about, he was saying, have a chew. Have a chew. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have at you. (laughs) Have at you, Tom. Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Phil from the UK. Merry Christmas, fine. And have at you, Tom. Hi, this is Carol from New Jersey, and I actually like you, me, and the truth, and beautiful people. Merry (laughs) Christmas, fine. And have at you, Tom. Happy holidays, Great Divide. This is Arnon. You know, I've been uh, out sowing seeds of yuletide discontent, but I had to take a moment to thank Spine personally for the great work that Spine did this year on the Great Divide. You know, Spine, your work this year was incisive, it was thoughtful, it was brilliant, it was well-researched, and it was funny. It was everything you hope for in a podcast, and there were some real Spine-tingling moments this year. And and for Tom, Tom, what can I say? I mean, Tom, you were, um, well, you were... Well, you know what you were? Um, well, you know, you hit the record on and record off buttons like a boss. So, um, Merry Christmas, fine, and have at you, Tom. Hi, this is Mark Dunwillows. 
Merry Christmas, fine. Oh, not you, and Mark. How about you, Tom? Oh, man. Hi, this is Oliver Hunter. Merry Christmas, fine. And have it you, Tom. <laughs> Hi, this is John Lewis from Sacramento, California. I hope everyone has a happy new year. Merry Christmas, fine. And have at you, Tom. Hi, this is Corey Crowley. Thank you, Tom and Svine, for all the research you do and how you bring it, uh, Big Country, more alive for everyone. Uh, since the band spans the globe and the, all of us with our different belief systems um, and traditions, I hope that all of you enjoy uh, this season with whatever tradition and, and celebrations you use. Thank you, Svine. And how about you, Tom? Hi, this is Kenny Henderson. Merry Christmas, fine, and have at you, Tom. E too, Kenny. That's it. E too, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, that uh, those were heartwarming messengers from our listeners. And all you unique. That's uh, uh, so interesting. How they all yeah, said that. And you, by the way, I knew that I knew as soon as I edited that section at the end that my habit chew would drive you insane. So that's why I kept it there because I. I know how much you love people to say chew instead of you. Some people actually pointed that out as one of the big moments, that, <laughs> that, that, that part of the discussion. <laughs> no, but uh, I thank you very much for all the nice Christmas messages. You could feel the sincerity. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Each one of you, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting you, you to buy my album when it comes out. Bastards. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so on that happy note, I guess we're approaching the end of this Yuletide. I hope yes. there was some entertainment, some fun moments, some um, year summaries, some house cleaning. And uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I think I think we can be pleased with 2014. Very much so. And my, my kids have just burst into the room 35, 45 minutes later than I expected. But uh, On cue. Yes, they are here. And uh, that means it's my cue to leave. But uh, yeah, we've had a great year, and um, and there's there's one of them talking already. Do you think we've had a good year on the podcast? Yes. All right, good. Can you sing "All Go Together"? <laughs> All right, you can hear him. Wonderful. Hold on, guys. Let me let me just finish this. Okay, let me finish this little part. I'm almost done. But uh, yeah, we we've had a great year. I know it's been a weird year as far as the spacing of episodes. Maybe next year will be even weirder. Who knows what to expect. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And it's been fun. Thank, so thanks for continuing to give us your feedback. And this means a lot. And I, I re- I'm really looking forward to getting all this stuff from Svine and seeing what everybody wrote and said. So if we didn't get to your particular comments, um, rest assured that we will look at them and read them and uh, – it's great. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I always say, this is just a hobby, fun show that we do about big country, and um, mm-hmm. that's what it comes back to. So, any Definitely. any monk any monkey could do this. If, if any monk any other monkeys who want to create another big country podcast, feel free. But uh, we are your resident monkeys at the moment, so uh, we're honored to fill that role. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well said. And uh, I also want to thank everybody for giving us your time of the day. I know that time is a very valuable commodity. We're discovering that ourselves. <laughs> but uh, it's it. if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. And uh, hearing from you guys, getting your feedback helps make it fun. And it helps motivate us to do it uh, 
more often perhaps than we would otherwise. Definitely. So thank you, right. Svein, for a great year. And um, that let the last 10 minutes excluded. And uh, yeah. Thank you very much for a very fun year, including the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I, th- I think it works well. And uh, I look forward to 2015. Midos. Midos. Merry Christmas, Tom. Merry Christmas, Svein. Merry Christmas, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. to the groin.